Ready? One. Two. <laughs> and we're rolling. What's up, party people? Welcome to the Underqualified and Underpaid Podcast, the very first episode with your hosts, Vince Talley and... And Jaw. Wait, I thought we were doing underpaid and underqualified. The underpaid and underqualified show. Not exactly sure what I just said, but I guess we'll find out one day. We may or may not have just figured out the title um, a minute ago. We only learned that underqualified is not a real word, but we're sticking with it. I hope it gets famous on Urban Dictionary. And for all the people about to comment that they're so above the fact that we use underqualified even though it's not a word, go fuck yourselves. You you didn't know that wasn't a word. Nobody knew that wasn't a word. Anyways, um, yeah, so my name is Vince, um, and this is my friend Ja, as you just heard. And uh, where did we meet, Ja? We met at Twitter, a wonderful place where we were treated as contract peasants. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice way of putting it. Um, yeah, it wasn't our favorite place, and uh, at Twitter, I think we sometimes worked, but mostly complained about how underpaid and, at the same time, underqualified we were. And while doing that, we figured might as well record it and uh, see how many people we can get as fans to someday become rich and famous. And if we get about solid five or six fans, I'll be surprised and it'll be success. What do you think, Jock? I just really want to retire because I really don't want to go to work. That's why I'm making this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. This is our feeble attempt at not doing a nine to five job and actually making some money, which I'm sure we're not going to do, but it'll be fun, hopefully. And uh, yeah, we're... uh, Going to try to do this on a weekly basis and uh, be one of the million podcasts that blends in nowadays because everybody's doing a podcast. And I don't know, maybe someday we'll have something original that kind of separates us from the pack. Honestly, probably not. But (laughs) here we are. We're just going to do it. They said that a lot of people right now, they've quit their day jobs without any experience and started successful podcasts. That's actually how (laughs) Serial started. So this is my alternative and cheaper alternative to buying lotto tickets because that's eating away at my money already. (laughs) My only goal is to Sunday end up on a VH1 behind the music documentary, except behind the podcast. What do you think, Joe? You think we can do it? Can I just be one of those other Asian basic influencers on Instagram, please? That's fair. All right. That's all. I, I think we can do both those things. And yeah, then we'll, we'll be rich and famous, and then we'll combine our uh, empires and just buy out Google and see what happens from there. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. And in addition to that, since you mentioned cereal, I think we should get the guests... As a guest, our first guest should be the host of Serial. I think she'd totally want to do the show based on how professional we are at the start. What do you think? Yeah, totally. In your room, you got your weights and your bike. Is that a kendo stick? Uh, no. I don't know what you're looking at, but I'm sure. The sword. But okay, anyways, moving uh, yes, on. Yes, it is. Yeah, I did Taekwondo. <laughs> humble bra- hashtag humble brag. Um, but yeah, no. So yeah, this, this definitely has been a passion project, at least for me, uh, as a way to say, hey, voice my opinions, have a platform. Uh, like any other millennial, because I am myself a snowflake, and I feel that my opinions matter to the rest of society. I kind of know my opinions don't matter, but I don't really care. I'm just going to say them anyways. And I know they aren't um, educated, but hey, why not have a podcast to publicly express all of them? <laughs> so here we are. Anyways, to our first topic. Yes. Actually, let's give a little bit of background on the format, what we're going to do, since it's the first episode. All right. Our all right. pilot. I'll, uh, I'll intro it. So... Basically, we're gonna what we're gonna try to do is we're gonna try to do about thirty to forty minute episodes, and first half we're gonna try to sh- talk about stupid shit because we are often talking about stupid shit, and we are significantly um, stupid people. <laughs> so the stupid shit is can range from anything like Marvel movies we like, um, TV shows we like, bands that we like, Tinder girls. A lot of dating apps. Dude, dating apps suck. But a lot of dating apps. Yeah, everything people already talk about on the internet. Um, And then the second half, we're going to try to talk about serious shit. And it'll probably just uh, devolve back into stupid shit again once I start talking. (laughs) So um, That sounds about right. Yeah. And then uh, at the end of it, hopefully something was entertaining in those 30 minutes. We'll see. And Um, hopefully you guys will learn something. Yeah. Because we're trying to be kind of educational. But really, I just want to rant. So this is news to me. I didn't know the educational part, so that'll be fun. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. <laughs> I'm cool with that. But, um, yeah. So, first top, first episode, uh, me and Ja just saw a movie. What movie did we see, Ja? Uh, Spider-Man, Far From Home. For the longest time, I thought it was far away from home. <laughs> That's just the most unnecessary word in there. Far from home, far away from home. Doesn't I don't that- know. You know Shiloh the dog? Or am I getting that mixed up with another movie? You know, like, the dog movie and the cat. Shiloh? Oh, cat dog. 
<laughs> far away from. Well, I don't remember. You remember it was like a pit bull and a German Shepherd and a cat. It was like back in the nineties. Oh no, but it sounds like a movie I need to see. I know it's adorable. It's sounds great. like this would be a great watch with the room, back to back. Wait, isn't the room with that like, um, escape room horror movie thing? No, the room is with Tommy Wiseau, the, the notoriously the worst movie ever made. Oh, <laughs> yeah. there's not enough alcohol in the world for me to watch that movie again. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, anyways, before we get to ADD here, uh, yeah, we saw Far From Home, and is the newest entry in the Marvel universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, John and I are pretty big Marvel fans, like half, like nine out of ten people nowadays. Excuse me, I'm a comic book nerd. <laughs> yeah, excuse, yeah. John actually like reads the comics and will like hate Civil War if it didn't follow exactly what they did in the comics. <laughs> that could be better. <laughs> Fanny War could have been better too. Yeah, we uh, we often have a lot of debates. Sadly, we didn't have those um, recorded, but I think we have a good give and take. You know, we agree for the most part, but we have minor differences. We I'm have under pros the and cons imp- on. I'm under the impression that I'm right. Uh, yeah, and I think most people are, except anyone who listens to this podcast and hears both our takes, they know I'm right. Anyways, um, yeah, so, um, with that being said, far from home, I think, uh, we had some slightly different opinions on the way we're going to do this is I'm going to say my cons and I'm going to say three cons and Joe's going to say three pros and we're going to do like a give and take, make it very fair and balanced because we're fair and balanced people, right, Joe? Sure, why not? All right. So, I'll have you start off, Joe. Um, yeah, so overall, my opinion of the movie is that this is not a bad movie. It's, I think it's definitely a movie you could take with your family. If you want a Marvel movie to enjoy, this is definitely it. Uh, if you have no idea what the hell Marvel is, then you're an idiot. But still, it's a good movie to start out with. And just some of the things that I found really great about this movie was... Um, Hold on, phone. I'll give my opinion, too. We'll give our general oh, opinions you know, before general the pros opinion? and cons. So, all right, all right, your turn. Yeah. What's your so, general opinion? My general opinion was it was good. I agree. It definitely is very family-friendly and fun. I think if you want something to bring your kid to to kind of just a fun weekend, perfect movie for that. Um, at the same time, I think if you look a little bit deeper than that and just at the character of Spider-Man, I had a few issues with it, which I'll get into with my cons. Um Highlights were just, like, special effects and action really, really good if you're looking for that. Um, in terms of, like, the characters and just, like, connecting to the whole universe, there's a lot of backstory to it, which might kind of fall on deaf ears if you're not up to speed on the Marvel stuff. But overall, fun movie with some cons. So that's my general opinion. So, like I said, Jaw's going to say his three pros. I'm going to say my three cons. All right, so my first pro is that all right, who, for all the people who don't know who Mysterio is, He's this dude who wears like a fishbowl as a helmet mask thing and he uses illusions. Uh, and so, and how Spider Man portrayed him was he's a, uh, he's a hero. And if you know what Infinity War and Endgame, you know that he's from the multiverse. So he's like from a different dimension. But it turns out that he's actually a bad guy and there's a huge major fight scene where Spider Man goes off and tries to confront him. But it turns out that Mysterio uses his own illusions on uh, Spider Man. And just the way they filmed it, they portrayed it, it just felt actually, oh my gosh, they're actually portraying a villain more or less closely to the comic books, but at the same time throwing on their spin where it doesn't suck trash, like Iron Man 3. Suck trash, huh? What is that exactly? I don't know, like sucking trash. Huh, okay. Just imagine sucking trash. Anyways. I'll, I'll Urban Dictionary later. I don't know. Interesting visual. Um, yeah, you probably shouldn't look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so it's just the way they portrayed it. And not only that, but they also had a second fight where a second uh, battle scene where he Mysterio uses the illusions again. And it just really shows Peter coming of age. Well, in a way, coming of age of like, okay, I'm going to understand my powers. I know that I need to be more battle ready and figure out how to best fight in a situation in close quarters. And he was just able to overcome all that. So that was all great. Second thing I really liked about this movie. Oh, it's give and take. It's give and take. It's give and take? No, no, you no. do your pro, I do my con. All right, fine. Yeah. So I agree with that pro, actually. I think that was one of the highlights. I think when you watch the uh, Mysterio and Spider-Man fight scenes, you really do feel like this is, like, the movie personification of the comic book. Because Mysterio as a character, he's very visual and, like, cinematic-based, where he does all these crazy Houdini-like effects. So I think they really brought that to effect. And more than any other Marvel movie, this one, I was like, wow, these special effects are really good. Because we saw it in IMAX, humble brag. We can afford to pay for that with our... Slightly over 50k salaries. Anyways, um... I got it for free, kind of. Anyways, let's not worry about that. Oh, oh I didn't know. By Damn. the way, spoiler alert. We're talking about Spider-Man. Yeah. I think he's saying there are going to be spoilers about the movie, if you haven't already been spoiled. <laughs> uh, at this point, they're screwed. 
Oh, well. Um, yeah, so my con, right off the bat, I think the initial thing that stuck out to me is, uh... A little too much comedy. You know, I like Spider-Man, and I get he's supposed to be sassy, and I get he's supposed to be super quippy and always, like, getting the villains. But, I don't know. You know, when I was young, I saw the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, and I know looking back now, those are looked at as probably kind of comical, more comedy than funny, look ridiculous. But you know what? There was no superhero movie besides the basic Superman and Batman back in the day. So that Spider-Man movie was really breaking ground. It was, like, the most epic thing, even though it's a little cartoony now. Even though I think some people can still like it. But it had... It understood the comedy, where to put it in the right place, and it understood when it needed an epic moment. You have to really build up the epic moment. And I think Tom Holland is great. I think he's, like... Like a lot of people have argued, he's arguably the best spider-man nowadays the perfect person to play spider-man for the role but he's so comedy focused it's hard to get excited for the epic moments i never felt like there was a moment in the movie where i was like super pumped and super amped for him doing something it more just felt like the comedy guy like occasionally doing some cool jumps and fight scenes and that's that's nice in its own right because I get that is the vibe they're going for. But at the same time, being raised on Spider-Man where he did epic shit and knew when to be quippy, I kind of missed that balance of epic shit. Like it felt like previously it was like I don't know, sixty-five percent epic shit, the thirty-five percent quippy, and now it's a little. It's like the opposite. It's like sixty-five percent quippy and comedy, and then thirty-five percent. I don't know. Yeah, but what do you think about like Thor Ragnarok? Because the entire time you're just it's all comedy. I don't even remember anything being epic per se because any epic scene felt like it was really discredited with just more comedy more stupidity completely disagree and i can name one scene right off the bat that does that do it the thunder the scene when his sister hella has him like choked and she's like what were you the god of again he's like i'm the goddess of death what were you the god of again and then he thinks he flashes back to his dad dying and then his dad tells him he's like he's like i'm not as strong as you and his dad's like nope you're stronger and then he flashes back and then you hear the thunder rolling, you see the eyes, he's got only one eye at this point, then the thunder rains down on him, and then he crashes down, and then Led Zeppelin starts playing, and then he starts taking people out, fucking shit up with the thunder. That was one scene instantly, I watched that shit just to get inspired sometimes. And we did not have that with this movie. I don't think, personally. What about the scene where, alright, we'll talk about that later, but what about Mysterio? I'm just saying... Oh, Mysterio and Spider-Man fight scene when he used the illusions for the first time. It was good. It was good. But at the same, I'm saying it was visually good, but I didn't feel like this was an epic character doing some like epic, intense, like, oh my God, shit. It was just like a comedy guy who's inadvertently be like, whoa, 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 and like fighting back and occasionally like putting up with him. But for the most part, he was getting this shit fucked up. Well, anyways, I think you're wrong. <laughs> Moving on to my pro. What I liked about, the second thing I liked about this movie was pretty much this movie actually felt like it was handing off the torch. It was, what happens next? Iron Man's gone. We There's no symbol of peace um, for the world. Who's taking over? Oh, who else is wearing a bright red shiny armor? Uh, Spider-Man. And so this movie actually felt like a passing on the torch, especially where um, Happy comes over with the Quinjet, gives him um, the special look, uh, broom where he can develop a new Spider-Man suit. And during that time, he's just... You just saw that image of Robert Downey Jr. for a quick second of just figuring out tech, playing with it, designing the best kind of suit to fight the villain. Yeah. And at the same time, Q, ACDC... Uh, which AC? Back in Black. Yes. Playing in the background. That's when I almost teared up because that's when I first... Iron Man 2 was the first time where I started listening to ACDC. And it was just awesome throwback, awesome nostalgia... Uh, it was just perfect. who he called Led Zeppelin. One of oh, the yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. So yeah, <laughs> One so of the best great. jokes in the movie flew over Jaws' head, apparently. Anyways. I was laughing <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> Took I me too long to remember it. No. The Indian grandma next to me, I think, was just very confused while sitting forward and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, I say probably, but I have no idea. Um, anyways. No, that's a solid point. No, I think, honestly... I thought this movie was going to be more of that, honestly. Like, in the trailer, the first... Remember, you weren't too crazy on that first trailer. You, and similar to me, I was like, eh. No, the just, first trailer made no sense. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it made no sense. I just thought it didn't really get me excited. But that second trailer, um, that's when I really... When it... The second trailer came out after... 
um, after Endgame had been released, so that's when they could kind of acknowledge the Endgame spoilers that had happened. So that's when I think I really got interested because it was acknowledged in those Endgame spoilers, and it just like looked on a bigger scale. And in that trailer, it really looked like it was going to be the passing of the torch thing because the very first shot you see uh, Spider-Man looking on a wall where Iron Man's like painted. And he kind of has a somber look, and he's like, I think about him all the time. But, you know, honestly, I don't think... I, I really didn't get as much of that, like, passing the torch as I'd like to. I hate to say it, because... Did you notice, like, the first... I don't know, 70, 75% of the movie, they kept doing homages to Iron Man, like, to beat Peter um, walking in his high school, and they show that video of the people who died. You see Iron Man, and then you see other people, like, talking about Iron Man. Peter doesn't acknowledge them once. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't have, like, a, oh, I miss some kind of thing, or, like... Like, a memory of Tony Stark. It's like he's ignoring him the whole time. And then about, like, 75% of the way in, then he, like, says something about Iron Man, like, acknowledges that he misses him when he talks to Happy. And I get that could be the effect they're going for, build it up where he finally lets it out. But, I don't know, I just thought it felt like he was kind of, like, not ignoring Iron Man, but it, like, didn't care about him as much. I I felt like it took away from, like, the emotional impact. Because, I mean, the last time we saw these characters, it was literally Iron Man dying and Peter Parker crying about it, you know? Wait, they did show that throughout the beginning where every time people asked him, are you the new Iron Man? He was cracking jokes. People were trying to take pictures with him, interviewing him, and he ended up running away. That was still him processing everything and still responding, saying, no, I am not going to be the new Iron Man. I can't, I'm barely comprehending high school right now. See, So it still was like a way of just venting his frustration, venting his feelings about the whole, oh man, Tony Stark is dead. My more or less father figure is dead. So he was still processing it through the entire film. True, but that's a different thing. I think that's a different plot line because you have two ways to interpret this. You have the way of, like, does Peter miss Tony as a mentor or does, like, Peter just facing the pressure of having to be the next Iron Man? And I interpreted that as people just saying, you're the next Iron Man, and he was like, I'm a kid in high school, I don't want this pressure of being Iron Man. That's how I interpreted it, at least. So that's why it didn't... That's why those scenes didn't, like, hit me as much of, like, the mentor... Um, missing his mentor type of thing. It was more just like him saying, I'm a high school kid. I hate this pressure that people think I'm supposed to be the next Iron Man. I'm comparing more towards Captain Marvel because I remember Kevin Feige or somebody, some random big <laughs> Kevin big... Feige? Is that pronounced his name? Feige. Oh, Feige. And you call yourself a nerd. <laughs> Kevin Feige um, <laughs> was saying something about how like Captain Marvel is supposed to be the next... Um, Captain America type. Not really Captain America, but like, quote-unquote, that person in the world. Leader. Pass, pass, pass the torch on. Yeah. But... Remember in the commercials, she's off-world. She's doing her own thing. We yes. don't know what she's doing. Um, why even have her? Why even have her in Endgame, to be honest? <laughs> but, so when they made that kind of announcement, I was thinking, okay, well, Captain Marvel wasn't that great of a movie. I'd just like to point out how, how, your, how high your voice got when you said, why even have her? <laughs> For any of the listeners, you should listen back to that. <laughs> I'm I trying to show emotion. This is our first episode, damn it. <laughs> That's um, fair. I like the emotion. Keep showing the emotion. But yeah, so... That's why I'm comparing it to that, where, okay, what movie is that cutoff? Yes. And I think this is where that cutoff is. I get that, but that, I think that's a different topic. I think we're arguing different things now. I think that's of, like, is this a passing of the torch? Or the original point was, like, showing how much Peter misses Tony, in my opinion. so. Which is why I still firmly believe that I'm correct. <laughs> Even though you can't explain a reason why. <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> Should um, I move on to my con now? <laughs> move on to your con, my friend. All right. Um... Let's see. All right, so in addition to the too much comedy, this kind of relates to that. Um, with every Spider-Man movie, it's a balance between Peter Parker and Spider-Man, right? There are two sides. It's it's a coin. You flip one, you get, you know, one. One is, like, dealing with the real world pressures of, be- world pressures of being Spider-Man. One's doing all the jumpy gymnastic shit, slinging the spider web, fucking up shit for villains. Um... And when balancing that ratio, I've never had a movie where I felt like the balance was off, but in this one, I felt like I saw too much Tom Holland. Like, I feel like we didn't get Spider-Man, the actual spider suit, again, to like 70% of the way in. I get he had the black spy suit, um, but it just didn't feel like Spider-Man in that case. It just felt like this, like, they're just being, the comedy is so strong that it's causing him to be not actually Spider-Man. It's causing him to be in this, like, wacky spy suit because Nick Fury's forcing him to be here. Spider-Man noir. That's a co- that's the suit that he's talking about. <laughs> I almost would have preferred that. Um, I didn't think of that, but that's a... Did you think it was a throwback to Noir? This it costume? is. Oh, is yeah. it? Okay. But it was... So for people who don't know, Spider-Man Noir is an alternate universe uh, Spider-Man, which is kind of based off of old-fashioned, more crime series. He's more gritty. He uses a gun. 
Um, it's definitely a lot more darker than this, obviously, more happy, positive, way too much happiness that is current MCU. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. I guess I didn't interpret that as a throwback. I guess you could say it is, but because it's Tom Holland and it's not, you know, dark, gritty Spider-Man at all. But anyways, I guess I can see the costume as maybe a throwback. But yeah, I feel like we didn't see Spider-Man a whole lot. I remember the first action scene, like, when Mysterio, you think he's a good guy, and he's you know, fighting the elementals and doing some crazy jumps and shit. What does Peter do? All Peter does is literally hops on logs and tries to stop a building from falling but fails and the building still falls and then Mysterio's like, good job. And I'm like, really? You're congratulating him? He didn't do anything in this fight scene. And it just kind of showed that Peter couldn't compete. Obviously, we later found out Mysterio is really the one who can't compete because he was just doing visual effects. But, like, at the same time, I kind of want a Spider-Man film where it starts off to get him doing some crazy fight scenes. I mean, hey, look at even just look at the trailer for Sp- uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. In that, I feel like you see more crazy stunts and scenes that Spider-Man's doing than we saw in this movie. Like, I can't think of a single crazy stunt or fight scene that he did in the suit, like, in this movie. And I know he did some notable ones, but there wasn't anything you walk away from thinking, man, that was crazy. Whereas... Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2, I remember the trailer, even just the one scene where he's getting pulled, where he's pulling the web and he's on the ground and he's like gliding on the streets where the cars are and he's like using the web to maneuver around and I'm probably describing this awfully and you can't see what I'm saying, but just watch the trailer, you'll see it. And uh, even the scene when he's like, do you remember the scene where he's uh, trying to stop the train from falling off the edge and he has the two webs that he shoots and he's like... Oh, Spider-Man 2 against Doc Ock and everything? Yeah. Oh yeah, that that scene is iconic. I think they try to... they try to repeat that wherever they can. It's just never the same. Yeah, totally. I think they kind of tried to do it in uh, Homecoming. There was a scene where he was, like, holding two things together, you know? Oh, the boat when it was splitting in half. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, nope, rip off. Exactly, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think there was no, like, I didn't walk away thinking, man, that was such a cool thing Spider-Man did. It was more just Tom Holland being a high school kid, like, Basically, most of it was him, like, just trying to go with Mary Jane, and it wasn't a whole lot of Spider-Man. The Spider-Man that was there, half the time he was reluctant and really didn't want to do it. He just wanted to be with MJ. So, I don't know. That's that's kind of how I felt. All right. Yeah, and I can totally see that. Um, so, third pro. For everybody who don't know about this is that you should really stay after credits. I think it's everyone who doesn't know. What did I say? I don't remember what I said. <laughs> Anyways. Um, all I know is that I'm right. Anyways, so. That's going to be Jaws tagline. Of course. Anyways, <laughs> I just said anyways like four times. <laughs> Let's keep it at four. Staying through the credits, there's usually two uh, secret endings. The mid-ending for this one was phenomenal. It was great. So if you guys know who J.K. Simmons is, well, he's back as Jonah J. J. Jonah Jameson. And so you guys don't know who that is. He's iconic. You guys should probably pick up a comic book, get yourself cultured, watch any of the Spider-Man movies, I swear, and you'll know who he is. So it's awesome throwback, pretty much introduction, setting up to the third movie, seeing where this is going to lead. All right, Spider-Man's become, he's coming of age almost. Is the next movie him growing more or finally being his own character, not just kind of freaking out saying, I'm just only a high school student. No, you're. is he going to own up to his identity and try to just deal with whatever life throws at him and maybe even become a leader. Heck, maybe he'll even become leader of the Avengers. Wishful thinking. I don't know. Would be kind of cool. Yeah, to be honest, he's probably not going to be the leader because... Probably not. He just doesn't seem like the leader type, but yeah, it would be cool. Now. Maybe yeah. in the future, but... Yeah. Yeah, no, so it's kind of like introducing of, wow, what's happening next? So that mid credit scene definitely was set up. We'll see what happens. They've even made announcements and plans saying how the Tom Hardy Venom may even do a crossover mm-hmm. with the current Spider-Man. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, I personally was okay with the Venom movie. I really like Tom Hardy as Venom. Uh, I'm a popular opinion. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get staff for it later. In a dark alley, it'll be my me because I'm so offended by that opinion. Trash. Just kidding. I didn't see Venom, but I like the idea of Tom Hardy's Venom. I just didn't hear many good things about the movie. Culture Speaking of which... I watched the damn movie already. <laughs> Been like a year. I'd rather see Endgame for a fifth time. Um, but uh, no, did you unrelated kind of related note? Did you hear the deal that Marvel and Sony have where uh, basically Spider-Man goes back to Sony if this movie doesn't make a billion dollars? That's a deal. Yeah. Damn. I know. That's a really tall order. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Oh my gosh. It's not Endgame shit, but uh, I think it's at like six million. Six million. Or not, million. Yeah, six hundred million. million. Like, yeah, six million. <laughs> <laughs> it flopped. It was. It bombed. We were the only people who saw it. No, um, 
yeah. So, I don't know. That'll be interesting to see. But, uh... uh all right. Well, we'll see how that turns out because we Marvel does not like to play nice with other production companies because yeah. they've effectively bastardized the Hulk in a way. Yeah, I'm not too worried about this deal just because I feel like the backlash is going to be so strong. Like everybody loves the Marvel movies more than the the at least the Andrew Garfield ones. You know what I mean? And the shared universe. Like so many nerd fans, nothing is worse than the wrath of a bunch of nerd fans on the internet. And, Amen. Uh, yeah, and there if there's. Fans who know that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to get fucked up in its continuity by this happening. I think Sony has to be cognizant of that or else they know their movie's just going to be fucked if they go back to their plans and say, fuck you to the rest of the shared universe. Anyways, Preach. completely unrelated, but uh, I'm going to throw in my last con. Um, yeah, and I actually can't remember what it was, so <laughs> I'm going to look it up super professionally on my iTouch. That's right, iTouch. I still live in the... Can you upgrade to an iPad, Early please? Um, upgrade to anything? Someday. Someday, right, Joe. Uh, character character choices. Character choices. That was the final con, Joe. Do you know why I said that? Because... I'm going to explain why I said that, Joe. <laughs> why I said that was... Uh, two characters primarily. Two characters were MJ and Flash. And I guess this kind of goes back to be being the kind of traditional fan where the Sam Raimi films had a huge impact on me. But when I had a Spider-Man film... MJ was the hot, redhead, little ditzy, but uh, just basically the hot, cool redhead who was smoking hot. <laughs> so, did you see the meme where basically Hollywood is killing off all the gingers, meaning how every ginger in other movies, so one example would be like Ariel, in this case, MJ, redheads, they're being replaced by other ethnic act- ethnicity actors. Huh. And so Not there's like a whole running joke right now of Hollywood is killing all redheads. Yeah, gingers are really the most oppressed people, I think. Uh, it sucks to be a ginger right now. <laughs> um, Not true. Watch, I'm going to... I mean, Hollywood. This podcast is going to get so much political flack for me saying that. Anyways, um... Uh, yeah. Probably, probably but it's okay. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, going back to that. MJ was the traditional girl next door, super hot. And in this iteration, they're going for a very different vibe. Zendaya, who's a very lovely, talented actress... She's doing the super dry humor, super I'm not impressed by anything type of vibe. And I think in the right place, that's fine. In this movie, I feel like it just didn't fit. Like, randomly, she was like that in the first movie. And I thought her character was really just a side character, supposed to be there for comic relief and just be the grumpy, cynical, like, oh, you guys suck, you're losers type of thing. And she pretty much was that. And then when they revealed her as MJ, I'm like, really? You're supposed to be MJ? You were just, like, the side character who was, like, insulting them randomly and just being super cynical. Uh, And then randomly, somehow, between these two movies, Peter Peter just randomly got super infatuated with her and now has a huge crush on her. And I didn't really get that, how that kind of came out of nowhere. And I don't see why he has a crush on her because she's... And she just doesn't seem that appealing as a high schooler. If I met her as a high schooler, and I, granted, I, I was very dumb as a high schooler. Picture me, but worse. Um, they don't know what you look like, dude. Yeah, picture what you're hearing, you know. You hear the voice. Picture picture that. He's ugly. It's true. I can't deny it. Anyways, uh, got to a dark place. We're going to try to move on. Um, the... Uh, MJ, yeah, so, I don't know, I just did, like, her character choice didn't make sense to me. I can't see Peter randomly liking this girl who's just super boring and super bland and super dry, and it just wasn't the typical MJ that we're used to, but in addition to that, another character made no sense to me, Flash Thompson. Flash Thompson was always the bully, he was the tough dude, and Peter, he emphasized the dichotomy between Peter. It was the David and Goliath. Peter was the small dude, and he couldn't keep up with Flash. Flash was always the bully. And Flash was the traditional... It was like a 70s or 80s dynamic where guys were super macho in high school and there's always the nerds. And the nerds had no respect. They had no... They were just shamed. They were no, Nerds had no respect at all. But now we live in a time where nerds... It's cool to be nerds. Comic-Con's huge. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is the, the best-selling movies ever. And uh, you can't have that. So what they're trying to do Flash is like a nerd himself. Flash seems like... The, in this iteration, Flash seems like somebody who'd be friends with Peter Parker. But randomly, at the same time, he's trying to make fun of Peter Parker. So that just doesn't make sense to me. It's like he's looks like somebody who'd be friends with Peter Parker, but he's randomly calling him a dickwad. Yet Flash is not cool at all, so it doesn't make sense why he's calling him a dickwad. Because he doesn't do anything that seems remotely like, like he's... Like, showing his dominance as a person in the high school and it just I don't know his character just sticks out it just didn't contribute anything it just so character choices like that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me but I will say I did like the Joe J. J. Jonah Jameson uh 
cameo, and I like how they had, like, an Alex Jones vibe to it. Um, but yeah, overall, a lot of character choices I just wasn't happy with. What do you think, Jeff? Uh, the whole MJ thing, honestly, just feels like it's not Mary Jane. They're basically choosing their own rendition of MJ. So if you remember in Homecoming, it's not Mary Jane, it's something else. I don't even recall it just because that just offended me. The fact that they're just not staying true to any sense of that character, and I don't even know why they chose this direction. It mm-hmm. just made no sense. So yes. it just felt like, okay, this girl's constantly emo. She probably should have been born in, what, the uh, early 90s, so she'd be around for the emo music era, pop punk. I think she fits that a lot better than this current era. Yes. Yeah, so it just feels so out of place, so displaced. Uh, another thing about the whole Flash thing is at the end of the movie, you'll see how he goes up to his driver and says, oh, mom couldn't make it. And it just throws in that whole, oh, I'm a bully because I come from a, a neglected household. Cool. That's sad. I'm sorry. What am I supposed to do with that information at literally the last two minutes of this movie before I agree. the credits roll? I agree. Yeah, that scene just did not fit in. It was like the most sore thumb ever that just did not blend in anywhere. And he, honestly, as a character, he didn't really do that much bullying. There was one scene that they show in the trailer where he's like, He's like, what's up, dickwad, to Peter Parker, and then that's pretty much all his bullying. So it's like, they're showing this unnecessary scene that's supposed to explain why he's the villain, even though, or why he's the bully, even though they didn't really show him being a bully, you know? Yeah, so it's kind of thinking, it's like, okay, it's fine that you throw him in there for comedic relief, because this is Marvel, it's happy-go-lucky. But you're just trying to throw in a serious plot point in the last two minutes, are you supposed to introduce this in the third movie? Is this a new, uh, a, a new, like... Uh, loose thread we're going to go off of or something. It's kind of like, well, so what? I don't care. I could have gone without knowing that he comes from a repressed household. I'm sorry it sucks, but, like, I just don't get it. Why? Why do yeah. you exist? Yeah. I don't know. So that's our critiques on Spider-Man overall. I think we try to give some balance points. Three co- three pros, three cons. What do you think, Jeff? Uh, I feel like, well, at this point, you can't make a perfect movie, right? So I've come to terms where, like, I was a traditionalist. I wanted movies to be more exact to the source material, but I'm yeah, at the yeah, space you're definitely not going to get that now. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, uh, you Especially are, this movie, considering the ending, one thing we haven't talked about. <laughs> everything is pretty much a dumpster fire. But anyways, you want to compare it to being a traditionalist. But I feel like as long as you can portray the characters and do your own rendition, that makes sense. That is captivating. That's cool. That is, oh, that's a cool, interesting spin. Let's go with that. Yes. Like how Mysterio is an interesting spin. I like that. Flash, interesting spin. I do not like that. MJ, uh, she's likable, but at the same time, I just don't get why. That's just my take. Yeah, I get it's a different thing, and I get it is like supposed to be like a different type of MJ. Excuse me, just burping on the podcast, really professional. But um, I don't, it's like you know it's still supposed to be MJ. You know what I mean? I get it's a different MJ, but it's still supposed to be MJ. So just seeing... The, it's not so much that it's like... That it's MJ in a different version that I don't like. It's just that it's a version that doesn't make sense to me. The fact that she's so, like, cynical and, like, dry humor and, like, unappealing. And, like, Peter's supposed to be infatuated with this girl. That's what I don't get. And I don't know. <sighs> Overall, well, let's see. What would we rate it? Scale 1 to 10, what would you say, Joe? One to ten, I'd probably give it like a seven or eight. I think that's fair. Hopefully that's fair. What do you think? Mm. That's funny because I'd give it pretty much that too, except I feel like I had a lot more negative to say. <laughs> I mean, I'm comparing it to like amazing. I'm I'm just comparing it to all movies in general, not just Marvel movies. If we're talking about just Marvel movies, I think I'd give it a lot higher. Okay. But we're talking about like movies in general from like great things of like Science and the Lambs and uh, what's another great movie? Let's go Force Gump because Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, Shawshank Redemption. Those Godfather. great movies to horrible movies like The Room. Uh, Which you didn't know about until the start of this podcast. <laughs> I saw it. I remember being way too sober for it, and I regret being way too sober for that movie. Fair enough. Uh, and I think at this point it's a repressed memory. Let's go with repressed memory. <laughs> um, yeah, if you're comparing that way, but in terms of Marvel movies, I think it's well done. I really don't have that many complaints. Um, you can't make a perfect Marvel I movie. I do. I have more complaints about Endgame. Yeah, we should do the next episode of Endgame because it'll be completely flopped. All I'll say are pros and all you say are cons. <laughs> I just completely like talk about how horrible it is. Anyways, um, <laughs> horrible. Come on, what would you give Endgame scale one to ten? For me, probably like a seven. Easy ten. <laughs> okay, if we're rating in terms of like Marvel movies, then I'll probably give it like a seven. If we're rating it like movies overall, I'll probably give it like a six. Man, 
So brutal. I almost wanted to say fuck the serious topic and just talk about Endgame now. <laughs> All right, moving on to our next topic. So we're going to talk about something that bothers us more so with the whole current events or just something that we notice with society. So, AKA it's a serious topic. Well, we try and to keep Oftentimes it. it'll be complaining just because they're negative people. I think I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I think. All right, listen to this podcast. You'll think otherwise. <laughs> but like... Episode three, you're gonna probably refer me to a real therapist and try to get me checked out. Like, yeah. you got some repressed emotions yeah. going on there. FedEx you antidepressants. Ooh. Anyways, so the topic I want to talk about is the whole Hong Kong protest. For people who don't know what that is, is how yeah, Spider Man Hong Kong protest. You know, natural transitions here. <laughs> hey, it makes sense to me. Um, Fair enough. Unless you're on, the, you have ADD and you're on some type of medication. Yep, that's me. So it works. <laughs> but yeah, so. It's about Sorry, how... Sorry, I distract you. I'll let you have the floor. It's about how the uh, the Hong Kong government, they are passing a law where they can extradite people over to China to be uh, uh, to be tried. And so that's an infringement on people's rights. Uh, or so they believe. Uh, that's how they're interpreting it. And so about 2 million people went to the streets and started protesting and even went into their uh, council hall or parliament hall or something and started um, defacing the, uh, the, the, the chambers. Mm-hmm. And facing the chambers, yeah. So they're pretty much like spray painting all over mm. around the uh, their meeting hall and such, and just saying how they want independent, uh, not independence, but they want um, basic human rights. Okay, and you can see how some of the police they're kind of um, tear gassing unnecessarily, beating people unnecessarily. Uh, and to me, in my opinion, I think hey, you should uh, fight for your right to not be extradited over to China because they still believe I think in public executions, and so yeah. Yeah, so I, you should totally do that. But the one thing that they did felt like it completely undermined their cause to me, which was on July 1st, they decided to go and drape the colonial Hong Kong flag over uh, the current Hong Kong emblem. Mm-hmm. And to re- it, I think it's to signify how, oh, Hong Kong used to be a colony of Britain. And once they handed the uh, territory back to China, there was supposed to be a 50-year treaty on to preserve human rights however with this whole case it infringed on it and so it's kind of like saying hey respect our right to have uh, basic human rights Mm -hmm. but what I felt like was undermining was the fact is why do you want to display a flag which also symbolized colonialism oppression racism because during the first several decades of colonial rule British people treat Chinese people in Hong Kong as second class citizens Mm -hmm. They, it was pretty much how segregation happened here in America, where we only had blacks only. Well, in there, they had Hong Kong's only, or natives only, whatever, mm. section. And so I'm thinking, okay, but I've talked to a few people, uh, whether people who grew up in Hong Kong or just uh, American-born Chinese people, and asked them their opinion. They said, mm-hmm. well, I don't really care because I'm too removed from it. Or it's complicated. But yeah, they all agree it, saying that they were better off under colonial rule. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, why go back, like a dog went back to his vomit and thinking, <laughs> yeah, this is better. I, I or know like, this is a serious topic, but that analogy made me crack up. A yeah. dog going back to his vomit. That's <laughs> uh, kind of weird if you think about it. Anyways, but yeah, like even in a biblical sense, Moses freed the people, the people want to go back to Egypt and get turned into slaves again. Yes. So this is kind of how I saw it. And I'm just thinking, the hell is wrong with you? You're fighting for your basic human right, and yet you want to go back and be treated as second-class citizens. Yes, you may argue that it's um, it's 2019. They'll be treated right. It's 2019 America, and look at all the segregation and all the hate that we have right now mm-hmm. with our great and perfect president, Donald J. Trump. Oh, God, you really had to bring him up. I was hoping that name just wouldn't be mentioned at all. <laughs> well, you know what? It's, you're talking to me. One, I'm going to rant about what something. Ep- what episode in we're going to say his name, really? <laughs> but, yeah, so you can see how, like, even now... Cut. Like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> segregation, racism is still there, even now. Uh, supposedly, some people are paid more. Uh, so people, if you're... A Hong Kong person, as opposed to an uh, international person working in Hong Kong, you'll be paid uh, less. Because yes. they assume that you're living with family. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, you, we don't have to pay you as much. Uh, if you're an international person, there's a lot of British people working in Hong Kong because the whole colonial thing, trade, economy was set up and stuff. Yes. They're paid a lot more because, oh, you're an outsider and you need more money to live. But really, we're just going to pay like, the, our own people less. Save money, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, like even now, there's still a lot of 
inequalities. So why the hell are you draping a stupid colonial flag when you're trying to talk about basic human rights? Okay, and rant. Yeah, that's a good point. I would be curious to hear their counterpoint because, gonna be completely honest, I have no, I had no knowledge of this at all. So I'm very out of my element <laughs> with well, any sort of educated or informed opinion here. But it does sound very interesting. I'm kind of curious about it. But yeah, I'm kind of Chinese, so. <laughs> have you been to Hong Kong before? Yeah, when I was a kid. Oh, okay. Was it so you could, like, you were aware of those tensions like growing up as? Oh, uh, so great. Or you only visited there? I only visited there. So, okay. and a lot of this was a lot of just talking to people, um, going online, doing my own little research, seeing people's different experiences. Because some people argue that, yeah, no, Hong Kong was great back then, despite the racism. Okay. But some people think, no, Hong <laughs> Kong... It's great, just ignore that racism. Yeah, and it's kind of thinking, well, are you going to grow a freaking backbone and, like, own up to yourself? Like, and try to fix it. And try to fix it, or you're just going to go back to another person and say, oh, they seem better. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Oh, we don't like them. We want independence again. Heck, if you really want, th- uh, start draping the original democratic Chinese flag, which is the Taiwanese flag, which will probably instigate an actual World War Three. So that may not have been a good idea. Hmm. But something that shows some type of independence and backbone. That's fair. I get that. I just love the contrast of Spider-Man <laughs> independence. <laughs> <laughs> and you I know this was happening, and I gave you two weeks fair warning. <laughs> That's fair. No, one week. Anyways, um, I don't remember. Time is irrelevant. Yeah, time is a vortex. But I just can't wait to, for when we post this. And you know, anytime you talk about anything serious, the Facebook comments, instead of just the one word sentence, just instantly go to three paragraph essays of everybody using words they never use. And I hope we get in some spirited political debates happening here. I genuinely feel like someone's going to hate me a lot. <laughs> And, and that person is named Vince Talley, and he's sitting right here. And then get jumped in an alleyway. I'm scared. Might be me. All right. Um, so what's the one thing that bothers you this week, Vince? <laughs> yeah, so we're here at Jaws Topic, and uh, this I guess this will be our rant topic where we'll kind of have the floor to just rant and complain as much as we uh, would like to because that's our natural element. So Because we're we... underpaid and underqualified. Uh-huh. I see what you did there. Shameless plug on ourselves. Um, Marketing. Yeah. Yep, hashtag marketing. Um, but, yeah, so as we mentioned, the first half is going to be s- stupid shit, and the second half is supposed to be serious shit, and then probably dissolves into stupid shit. This is the part where it's supposed to be serious, but dissolves into stupid shit, because we had very different interpretations of the serious topic. As you can see, Jaws talking about Hong Kong riots and whatnot, and independence and colonialism, and I'm going to be talking about my interpretation of a serious topic. Do you know what my interpretation of a serious topic is, Ja? What is your interpretation of a serious topic, Vince? People who annoy me, and you know who those people are? Me? One of many, yes, but specifically, people, relevancy. Have you heard the word relevancy, Ja? I think I'm supposed to know this. Is this going to be on my GRE test? <laughs> no, this is actually, I'm just, I'm actually changing the topic from what I originally told you, so this is completely new. Completely oh. improv. Okay, so I generally have no idea what you're talking about this point. Yeah, relevancy, though. Have you heard, you've heard the word, Ja, right? Sure, let's go with yes. Okay. I have think. you heard it in the context of music, movies, TV shows? Mostly music, I guess. Okay, now I'm just genuinely confused. I have no idea what the f- what are you saying? It's a question. Have you heard the topic of relevancy used in music? Sure. (laughs) John's really good at improv, as you can tell. Um, Anyways, no. Okay, I'll just cut to the chase, because my partner doesn't know how to improv. Relevancy. Whenever somebody deems... When you ever hear a music critic or somebody talking about a song, a band, a trend... If they, for better or for worse, describe it as good or bad because of it's relevant, that annoys me. For example, I like the band called Stone Temple Pilots a lot back in college. I had a poster of Stone Temple Pilots. Still have that poster in my room if you look right there. The viewers who can't see it, but Jock can see it. And I had a roommate who specifically walked in and told me that I like Stone Temple Pilots too much. And I think he paraphrased. He says, Vince thinks they're relevant. They're not. And he said it specifically to get under my skin. And he knew, and that was his, like, negative critique of them because they're not relevant. And his basic interpretation was because they're not popular, that means they shouldn't be liked or shouldn't be listened to. Essentially, when anyone deems, anyone says, like, oh, I don't listen to Kings of Leon, they're not relevant anymore. Oh, I don't listen to The Killers, they're not relevant anymore. Have you heard this before, Jeff? Yeah. 
Yeah. Because most of the music I listen to is like pop punk, and everyone's pretty much saying, wait, that stuff is still relevant? Exactly, yeah. You're a big Linkin Park fan, right? And everyone yeah. says Linkin Park died after Meteora. And not everyone, but a lot of people. That was kind of the trend back yeah, in the day. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I guess what bugs me is when people deem a certain music or a certain style or a certain anything that it's not worth listening to just because it's relevant. Because in, in my mind, you know what that means? That means you're really just going solely based off trends and popularity, and you can only like what's popular at the moment. And at, people are so ADD with their interests. Like what's big in 2019 will not be big in 2020, 2021, 2022, even probably by the end of 2019. Trends change so much, so you should like quality. Quality is what lasts long. So when people don't like something because it's not relevant, that bugs me. And going beyond my, uh, I guess, my baggage with my roommate who <laughs> mentioned that comment, um, websites are you know, guilty of this sometimes, like, Pitchfork is ultimately the biggest hipster site, I don't know, Consequence of Sound, has anyone heard of that on the internet? What's Pitchfork, can you go off on that? You haven't heard of Pitchfork, oh my I god. I have no idea what the hell Pitchfork is. You are such is. a lucky man. Basically, just picture a group of the most hipster individuals, like, kind of the elitist hipsters, who all have degrees in journalism and all post album reviews of everything. Is it pretty much people with English majors that can't find a job? <laughs> Oh, uh, could be, but I think of them more as hipsters who will only talk about the most obscure bands and anything that's at all relevant, or not relevant, I almost said it, at all popular, they'll just say it sucks or just like sold out, anything like that. Just the most hipster brand you could possibly imagine. So um, like UC Berkeley English major graduates, got it. Yeah, I guess you could say that. I picture them more as like New York, Columbia graduates who like study poetry and like just want to, they, they don't want to like face up to the man, so they dropped out the third semester, you know? Because they think they can make it big by voicing their opinions, yeah, by right? talking about indie bands. Yeah. Hell's wrong with them. Anyways, going back to that. So, yeah, anytime somebody talks about relevancy as a bad thing because they don't like a band because they're not relevant anymore, I think that just means you just are a popularity whore and you just like whatever's popular at the moment. And you don't look at the quality of something. Because a band like Stone Temple Pilots, they were big in the 90s, yes. But they were quality. You can listen to them now. The guitar solos are still good. The songs are still well-written. The hooks are still there. Songs are memorable. The style is still there. Yes, like, it's not the 90s anymore, even though the 90s are kind of making a comeback. Have you noticed that? It's kind of weird to think that the 90s was about 30 years ago, and I still can't fathom because I still think that's only 10 years ago. Yeah, I know. In my mind, the 90s are 10 years ago, even though it's definitely not, which is not a good thing because you kind of wake up one day and you're like, huh, I'm almost 30. <laughs> Earlier when you were saying, like, 2020, 2021... I was just thinking to myself, I cannot fathom that date right now. And that's just like in six months. And I yeah. just cannot process. Most of the year is done. <laughs> yeah. Isn't I cannot... that crazy to think? I remember New Year's Eve like it was like a month ago. Oh my gosh. I remember New Year's Eve. It was super fun. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you know we both didn't do New Year's Eve right. We remember it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, well. I was so single. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't. <laughs> Anyways, uh, um... Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so that's pretty much all I had. So as you can see, we go from Hong Kong protests to me talking about music relevancy. As I mentioned, this is the part where this serious shit devolves back on the stupid shit. And uh, we're back. We're back in our natural element. How do you feel, Joe? Back to ranting, but just kind of going off what you are saying earlier. Oh, okay. How people ranting, just I like it. Yes. ranting about, that's not relevant. It, yeah. it kind of sucks is because still people are thinking, wait, why do you listen to rock music? Isn't that dead? Everyone's listening to, I swear people don't use vowels in their stupid, like, um, mumble, mumble rap. No, no, they only use vowels in their titles or their uh, artist names. So it's oh, like SZA. Yeah. When people I, were told I me like it. what that was, I was thinking, "What's SZA? You're pronouncing it wrong. It's an actual word. No, it's missing essential vowels. I don't know how to pronounce this. What's another one? Um, and also like yeah, mumble rap. Where yeah. Eminem had that album where he basically trashed all current rap. I and like that. Were, I didn't yeah. know that. I could check that. Yeah, out. people said like, "Oh, he's too angry." People are probably saying Eminem's not relevant anymore. Some people are because they say he's just a hater. Haters Although I hate. That's a bad example because I definitely like his old shit better. <laughs> but I still think his old shit is relevant, so I'll say that. But, I mean, his new song is called Kamikaze. And, oh, I haven't heard it. Last, uh, last thing I heard from Eminem was Rap God. <laughs> that's a minute. Uh, this is like one or two albums after, maybe. Anyways, yeah. so people were saying, yeah, why is he trashing on current music? Have you tried to understand current music? I don't understand any lyrics. And people said that death screamo metal. I listened to Slipknot, and they said, "How can you even understand that? How can you understand current music? How do you understand Post Malone?" Ironically, Post Malone started out in rock. Yeah, he did actually. He uh, he does like covers of rock songs randomly. I'm not gonna lie, he did a really good uh, 
vocal version of uh, Rage Against the Machine, Killing of the Name. Like, he nailed oh, it. Oh, seriously? I need to check that out. Okay, but <laughs> yeah. we digress. So, when people say, oh, you you should be listening to something relevant, or why don't you listen to mainstream music? Well, I like what I listen to. I grew up with a brother that was 10 years older than me, so he was into this type of music. Yes. Um, why do you listen to incoherent gibberish that apparently studies have shown that current music is, uh, like the reading level is getting lower and lower each year with respect to current modern day music lyrics. Yep. Um, I like some EDM, but I hate most of it, and I hate raves. And people, and apparently that kind of makes me a bad Asian because the Asians are stereotyped to go raise. But <laughs> nice, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. Yeah. I haven't met a, I haven't met a whole lot of Asians who don't like EDM in some form. Even just like casually, not just necessarily like hardcore raving. But I feel like almost this is the part where we're really gonna get more flack because we're generalizing that all Asians like EDM. But it's okay. I'm Asian here. That's <laughs> true. You say yeah, my seal approval. You say the stereotype, but um. Yeah, I don't know. I just have noticed that where like even just as casual, like just have it on their Spotify playlist, they like it. But yeah, I don't know. That's irrelevant. Um, <laughs> no, the relevancy, it's like a disease. It's in my brain now. I keep using it even though I'm talking about how I hate the word. But anyways. Um, anyways. Yes. So I think we're saying the same thing. Basically, we like what we like and I, we get annoyed when people try to like dictate what we should like because it's not like the trend of the year and like People, I, when people condescendingly scoff at something because they think they're better than it or they think it was like, huh, you listen to Green Day still, you know, that type of thing, that's when I'm like, go fuck yourself. Like, I mean, I like quality, not relevant. I, like, it's not, it's more important to be good than be popular, you know? Like, I, sorry, I got one more point I gotta say. This is a very important point. I remember I saw a metal show, a band I like called Machine Head. I have a poster by them right next to the Stone Temple Pilots poster, funny enough. Didn't even plan that, just worked out so perfect. Um, Jackson. Actually, we'll talk about ACDC, Metallica, Johnny Cash. Single poster, yeah. What else has he got? Yeah, we, we got, got Kill it. Switch, Anti-Flag, we got Star Wars. We're going to talk about Star Wars probably one day. Yeah, well, yeah, that'll definitely be its own episode. Um, but yes, I went to a show for Machine Head, and the singer at one point in the night had a very inspirational, emotional speech where he's talking. When we set out, we didn't want to be the biggest band because that meant we'd have to dumb down our music for people. We wanted to be the best band. And to me, that sums it up. It's not. It's comparing quality to popularity. Because the masses, when people say, like, oh, Justin Bieber ruined music, it's like there's always been that Justin Bieber. There's always, every decade has had the terrible artists that everybody loves in terms of, like, album sales and money sales and popularity and selling out arenas. But, like, secretly everybody makes fun of. you know, Or not secretly, I'm sorry. But, like, everybody is notoriously, you know, it's the every de- generation has the Nickelback and the Creed, and uh, the Justin Bieber, and to do that you have to appeal to a lot of stupid people, really. And it's more important to actually put music that's quality stuff. I'd rather write a Stairway to Heaven than a song that sold a million records and was fucking awful, you know. Maybe. Uh, yeah, that actually came to mind. I didn't want to resort to that. I didn't want to use the word baby and stairway to heaven in the same sentence just because one's this epic. Yeah, I used epic, it for you. Yeah, and I did it myself, so. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I think we're saying the same thing here. All we know is that other people are wrong and we're right. Hey, we switched it. We came to a good place by the end. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, thank you for listening. This is, what do we call it again? Underpaid and underqualified. We're going to try to stream, have a podcast once a week we'll see how this goes hopefully yes. we'll get popular and so i can quit my day job because i really do not like work and i've been planning my retirement since college yep and i know you're thinking we're gonna say like oh i know this episode's a little rough it'll get better nope gonna say the opposite it's probably gonna get worse just so you know we filmed during the day we probably might just start drinking anyways uh, thank you for listening have a good night have a good day whenever you're listening to this thing yes god bless merry christmas bye